Good morning to each one. Greetings in Jesus' name. It's good to be here and to worship with everyone. I feel like I need the Lord this morning. So why don't we rise for a word of prayer. And if two brothers could lead out, and then I'll close. Yes, Lord, we just call out to you this morning. Lord, we all need you. We all need you to fill our lives and to fill our hearts with your love. Lord, I pray that you would just help us to uh, turn our eyes and our hearts to you this morning. And that uh, we would expect, we know, that you will fill us and you have so much for us. Lord, I just pray that you'd open our eyes and ears to uh, understand what you have for us, God. I just pray that you would give me the words to speak, give me clear thoughts and direction from your word, Lord. I just thank you for your love. I pray that we would love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So this morning I feel like um, I didn't do all the studying that I really should have for the topic that I have on my heart. Um, I just barely scratched the surface. But it is good to just be reminded of these things and to just let, let the reality of the Christian walk and of God settle in our hearts. So I just pray that this morning could be a time or this op- the opening here could be a time that we could um, just get our focus on the Lord and um, prepare our hearts to worship Him and to hear more from Him later on. Um, in actually, the the title of my meditation this morning um, that I've titled it is "The Hidden Treasure in Level Ground." So we all are, uh, the level ground, I guess, is a representation of us all and how that we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. None of us are above another in, um, in life or according to God. He, has, he is no respecter of persons toward us. And the hidden treasure, I will get to that, but first... Um, I want to look at a few things that make the hidden treasure even more special to us. In Ezekiel 18.20, it says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The the righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. In Romans 6, 23, just part of the verse, for the wages of sin is death. So we see all throughout history, of course, at the beginning of time, um, well, not quite at the beginning, whenever Adam and Eve sinned, um, God told them that they will surely die. And they did die a spiritual death right then. And also their body began to um, decay and to die. So sin and death we see all throughout the scripture as those two being 
together. We can't separate them. Sin brings death. And that is how it is. Sin brings death. Always does. In the Old Testament, there were many things that we see today. Um, looking back, is really almost extravagant. I guess maybe it just really brings the um, truth to light that sin brings death. Because as soon as somebody would sin, certain deaths, certain sins, they would die, like physically. They would get stoned and anything would happen to them. Um, think of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. The ground just opened up and swallowed them. That's because of their sin. Uh, Achan, he took the forbidden thing and hid that in his tent. And he was found out and he died. They stoned him. And I didn't look up all of the laws in the Old Testament, but there's quite a bit that if a man would do certain things, they would get stoned and they would die. So sin brings death. In Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us, not one of us, are exempt. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And in 5.12, let's turn there. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. By one man, that was Adam, sin had entered into the world, and death by sin. Death came from sin. In First Peter 4, I'll read a few verses there. Peter 4, 3 to 4. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. So we did see that sin has passed upon all men, but here we even see more clearly that um, each one of us, um, it wasn't just, you know, sometimes we just think of general sin. But these things, it says that uh, we have, well, they definitely have done. And we have done some of them. Like lasciviousness, lusts, revelings, banquetings, abominable, abominable idolatries. In Ephesians 2, 2 to 3, I thought that Levon was going to read my passage this morning. He did read some of it, but that's good. Uh, Ephesians 2, verse 2. 
Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all have had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. We all had our conversation, our lifestyle, in times past, in the lust of our flesh, just doing anything that we wanted to, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of our mind, and were by nature, the sin nature that came from Adam, the children of wrath, even as others. God's wrath will abide on those who sin and who do not accept him as, our, as their savior. And then 11 and 12, it says again, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That just shows to me a picture of us being in this cage, in this state of um, helplessness, like we're in this place we have sinned, and there's nothing that we can do to get out of it. We're just doomed all of our life. We're doomed to die. And it's like there's no way to get out. In Titus 3.3, 3, also in, there in Ephesians where I read, it seemed like he kept remembering. He kept telling them to remember um, what they were what they had come from. Uh, Titus. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Yes, that sounds, I guess, maybe not quite as um, bad of sins as we see that some other places it said that we had walked in, but they are still enough to um, condemn us because Christ is holy and those who disobey his law are worthy of death. Serving diverse lusts and pleasures Serving pleasures is sin. Living in malice, envy, and hate, hateful, and hating one another. It does not sound a very pleasant, to, pleasant type of person to be around. Hateful and hating one another. But God, it's an amazing gift that he has given to us. Amazing promises. Amazing love. There back in Ephesians, that's um, my text chapter this morning. Ephesians 4, 3, verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, for with he has loved us, even when we were dead in sins, remember in, our, in time past we were dead in sins, he has quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through, Jesus, through Christ Jesus. For by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, 
not of works, lest any man should boast. I'll read down to verse 13. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, there it is again, but, but God, but now are ye in Christ, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, Actually, I'm just going to stop there at 13. So that cage that we were in uh, before we had accepted Christ, we are now made free from because of God's rich mercy. It's only because of his mercy and love that we can be free from the law of sin and death. His great love wherewith he has loved us. Let that sink into our hearts. How great of a love that is. And then the last part of some of those verses that I read. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And it says in Romans 8, 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Let's turn to Colossians uh, 2. Verses 10 to 15. And ye, uh, let's see. Yeah. And ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, that uh, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that it was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Isn't that amazing that Christ blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, all the things that we have done against Christ, our sins. He has blocked them out, took them out of the way, and nailed them to his cross. It's truly amazing.
Remember that sin brings death, and it was needful that a perfect sacrifice was given for um, to atone for our sins. And it wasn't like the Old Testament. I remember somewhere um, it says that not as the old law, which when they um, killed killed animals and beasts or whatever, there's remembrance of sins made every year. But now Christ, since he was a perfect lamb and he died for us, so that there's, there's only one death that needed to happen so that we could be free forever. Amen. Also in chapter 3, verse 1, If ye then be risen with Christ, of Colossians, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. If you notice, there's kind of a theme that runs through these two verses, um, being risen with Christ. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. And then where I read before, um, it says in verse 12 of chapter 2, buried with him in baptism, excuse me, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. So there we see that... Um, the connection kind of between our baptism, our um, baptisms that we have here on earth. It's also a type of uh, being risen with Christ, I believe. Through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. I thought it was interesting there. We must not read this verse too often, because it says... It talks about the operation of God. It would be kind of interesting to look into that sometime. So in Romans 5, we'll read quite a bit in that chapter. If you'd like to turn there with me. Romans 5, verse 8. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us, even when we were sinners, before we had accepted Christ as our Savior. He died for us. Now going back to verse 1 of chapter 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we have peace with God instead of having enmity. By whom also we have access by, this, by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. It's amazing when Christ comes into our life and we accept him as our savior, our whole uh, world and focus just switches around because whenever, you know, the people of this world, when we look out, even ourselves, we're tempted to do this, 
to look for the easy way of life and just like, oh, what's, what's easier, you know? I don't want to go through these hard things. I don't want to... Um, yeah, I don't like tribulations. But here it says we glory in tribulations. And Christ, when we accept Christ and his love for us, we glory in tribulations. Because tribulations work patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And it makes us better all around when we experience tribulations. And hope make us not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. It gives me a picture of like God's love just like he just spreading it out in our hearts, all over our hearts. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, you'll be reading uh, to verse 12, much more then being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement, atonement for our sins. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And then skipping the parentheses, Therefore, as by the offense of one, that was Adam, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, which is Jesus Christ, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Wherefore the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That is, sin hath reigned unto death. And there we see it again that sin uh, brings death. Even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Even so, grace, as sin um, brings death, grace, God's grace, reigns unto righteousness. It brings righteousness unto eternal life. We don't have to be afraid of, we don't have to have this um, doomed feeling in our lives anymore because of, the, um, because of this cage that we were in, because of sin. But we can... Uh, be excited about eternal life because of the righteousness that God that uh, God helps us to live. Uh, it says over in verse 14 of 6, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Uh, in Titus 3, 3 to 7. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts, 
and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. And it's the one verse I had read before. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. When I was studying, I had a hard time um, finding verses about um, how we were before we accepted Christ, you know, of our, um, our sinful, um, sinful nature. I had a hard time finding those passages without it talking about the um, great love and mercy of God. And there's clearly nothing that we have done that we can accept his kindness or that he has shown us mercy. But according to his mercy, he saved us. He shed on us abundantly. <clears throat> so the, the level ground was us um, being on the same plane as each other. None of us are above each other. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the, the um, hidden treasure in that ground, in the level ground, is the kingdom of God and um, his salvation. As it says, um, as, he, as Jesus said in the parable of um, the treasure, I think it said, he says the kingdom of God is as treasure in a field. Uh, that, as, that when a man finds or he finds a treasure, he sells all that he has and goes and buys the field so he can have the treasure. It's a great salvation. So in First John 3, 1, 2. First John 3, 1 and 2. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Behold what manner of love he hath bestowed upon us. In chapter 4, verse 9 to 11. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Herein is love. We first have experienced love before we can um, show love to others. Because it says, Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. 
And then it says, if God so loved us, so ought we to love one another. And then back in verse 7 of the same chapter, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Let's love one another. Uh, in our memory verses, I think maybe I was going to say this earlier. Um, see if I can remember it now. Um, who his own self, toward the end of the chapter, in. Um, where memorizing? First Peter, yeah. First Peter 2. Uh, it says. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. There it says again, just that um, even when we were dead in sins, God quickened us together with him. So it's just really good for me to um, just look into Christ's love for us. And just to get more appreciation and even more than that, to be um, to be truly connected with him and to love him with all of our hearts, soul, mind, and strength. It seems like a lot of times the business of life and just the cares of life and everything keep us from thinking deeply about those things or like it, it easily distracts us, so it shouldn't keep us from it. So we can definitely still bring our minds to think about Christ's love. But it was just good for me to look into that and to see what the scripture has to say about Christ's love and about our uh, sin and what we were saved from. So that's all I have this morning. Hopefully you were blessed and uh, encouraged to love God with all of our hearts and to find that hidden treasure.